1: Yeah, we are back. We are in. We are locked. We are loaded for some more underdogs in basketball. We do not have a football underdog because, well, the Super Bowl is not until next weekend, and I simply refuse to watch more than an occasional play of the Pro Bowl. And let's be honest, if you're trying to gamble hard-earned dollars on the selected teams of Michael Irvin and Jerry Rice, You need a life or a 12-step program or therapy or something. On that note, welcome in. It is Three Dog Thursday. We are here to help with underdogs across the board. Cannot do this show alone. I will welcome in now from VegasInsider.com, senior writer and handicapper, Kevin Rogers is back with me. I can't see you right now, but I know the smile is ear-to-ear, speaking of pro football and the NFL because you had the Denver Broncos last week in the AFC Championship game. They not only covered, they won the game outright to advance to the Super Bowl. My friend, welcome and congrats.
0: Thank you. And uh, obviously, it came down to the end. It wasn't uh, exactly easy. Uh, Tom Brady still had a little bit of magic in the end. So I promise you couldn't find his boy, Gronk, on the two-point conversion. Got intercepted and then ends up winning and going to the Super Bowl. And you know, it's simple as this, TJ, that... You look at you can look at all the statistics in the world. You can look at all the matchups in the world, but when the whole uh, when it feels like all the public is all over New England, saying there's no way they can lose this game, how can Denver win? Peyton Manning's old. It's like just hang on a second. And Denver played well. Peyton threw a couple of touchdown passes. Didn't turn the ball over. And the Broncos put themselves in a position to win. And they held on for the win. And now they advance to the Super Bowl against a, obviously an excellent Carolina team. And now the same conversation. Is starting again early in the week with Carolina. Everybody's all over them and no one's paying attention to Denver. So, you know, we'll see how the line moves, you know, through the weekend and going into next week. But uh, obviously, a lot of tension on Carolina and we'll see if that keeps up.
1: More on that in a second on that line and the Super Bowl line. As you mentioned, we've got about nine or ten days as people are hearing this show before that game is played. Uh, Back to the end of the Denver-New England game, let's talk strategy in the end of that game. I, along with a lot of other people, befuddled then, befuddled since, that New England wasn't, and this is not hindsight, this was at the time, why were they not kicking at least one field goal, especially on the second goal round when it was fourth and six, there's two and a half minutes left, the Patriots have all of their timeouts on the two-minute warning, were you as dumbfounded as incredulous or any other adjective I can come up with as I was and a lot of other people were that New England did not kick the field goal there and and at least improve their chances of trying to win the game if they got the ball back?
0: It was very questionable. I mean, look, Guskowski missed the first extra point, but he made two more field goals. So it's not like Belichick didn't have faith in him. I mean, there's no way that you can lose faith in a guy like that that's been your consistent kicker since Adam Vinatieri left. So obviously you know, it can't be a lack of confidence. And Bill Belichick over the years, for as great as he's been in the championships he's won, you know, he's had at times some questionable calls. I mean, you go back to that Colts game a few years ago, right. where he went for the fourth and one, you know, in his own territory and it didn't work out. And, you know, Bill has, has been, he's benefited from several things going his way over the years. You go back to the tuck rule, you could even say the Carolina Super Bowl when John Casey kicked the ball out of bounds, and they were put in a good position to just get down the field to kick a field goal. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of things that have gone his way over the years, and there has been times where he's made coaching decisions where he kind of questioned. You say, you know, do you have too much confidence here, thinking your team is just going to get the yardage where maybe they're not? And the offense obviously to move the ball well. On Sunday, yeah, they end up getting a big fourth down conversion of Gronkowski to get them back into range to try to tie the game. But, you know, you kind of wonder why don't you just chip away, chip away? The Denver's offense is just trying to get through this game now that you, you just get points, maybe you know, you could just set yourself up for a field goal in the end as opposed to what they did. And and obviously, you know, now they're sitting at home and wondering if they made the right decision.
1: Yeah, no doubt about that. And he's a Hall of Fame coach. And look, I mean, what do we know? We don't coach. We don't make the adjustments. But he's also not uh, above criticism when things like the end of that game, you're left scratching your head that they had the ball inside the 15-yard line three times in the final seven minutes or so of that game and only came away with the one touchdown in the very end with 12 seconds left out of all of that, so it was a bit puzzling. It is Three Dog Thursday. TJ Reeves with you. We've got Kevin Rogers, VegasInsider.com, on uh, this edition of the show. One more on Carolina before we talk about the Super Bowl line, that I promise we're going to move to hoops, college and NBA hoops and the underdog selections that are forthcoming. So, uh, the Carolina just f- flattened Arizona. I thought out of the two underdogs, and I was wrong, that Arizona would have the better chance. Give me the quick 30 or 40 seconds. Why did Carolina dismantle them the same way that they they got up huge on Seattle the week before? What about it, Kevin?
0: Taking advantage of turnovers. That's what they did. And Carson Palmer, he was horrible. And uh he threw a lot of interceptions. Carolina's got a very opportunistic defense, and you know, it's kind of like what New Orleans was a few years ago when they got to the Super Bowl. But the difference is that New Orleans was an underdog in that Super Bowl against Caton Manning, and they got a lot of turnovers off him, and were able to win that game. And if you look at Carolina, Cam Newton's having an MVP type season. They got some early touchdowns, and they just sit on these teams, and that's what they did against Seattle. Same thing against Arizona. And you know the Cardinals had a really good season, but I think Arizona cleaned up on you know a lot of trash this year to get a lot of their victories. And you know they go out they go out east, and they fell behind early, and they just don't have the uh, they don't they don't have the makeup to back against a team like Carolina, and you know, obviously now it's to be a pretty entertaining Super Bowl.
1: And again, Carolina's defense, fantastic, and they've been taking the ball away all year and uh, and continued that. And so that morphs into one more. You mentioned the line, which opened, uh, I, I think, and you're more to correct me on this, around four, four and a half, whatever. Are you surprised at the line with the way Carolina was blowing people out? And I know they're not playing the, the Super Bowl at home in Charlotte, but the way Carolina was blowing people out, uh, last regular season game against my Buccaneers, I was there for that blowout, two blowouts really at home in the playoffs, that the line was not larger against the Broncos, or did you think that that it was appropriate and that's about where it should have opened up at around four or four and a half for the Super Bowl?
0: That's pretty appropriate. I mean, now you're going neutral site and, uh, you know, Carolina with the way they played, uh, you know, obviously if this game is in Carolina, then you know, the the Panthers would, would be favored and I'm sure it'd be the same case obviously if the game was in Denver. I mean you see New England who was a two seed was favored in Denver. But, you know, I, I think that a lot of people are, you know, taking notice of the Panthers and what they've done winning in blowout fashion the last two weeks. I mean Denver's won the last two games too. I guess mean, two pretty good teams. But yet a lot of people they look at Carolina, they look at Cam Newton and they say, Okay, you know, maybe this team, you know, at fifteen and one is going to win this in convincing fashion, and you see the line keep getting driven up, driven up, and, you know, the old rule of thumb is, you know, if you like Carolina, jump on them now. If you like Denver, just wait a few days, because that line could go up to maybe six or so. You never know how well it'll go. I'm sure it'll drop back down into Denver's favor, getting closer to the Super Bowl, but uh, over the next few days, I'd I'd wait a few, if you really like Denver, simply because Carolina, they're going to keep you keep jumping on them and the, and the lines are going to keep moving up, then you might as well try to get an extra point or so if you really like them.
1: That's the voice again of Kevin Rogers, Senior Handicapper, Vegas Insider. He's with us on Three Dog Thursday, and so we'll talk much more about the game itself next week prior to Super Bowl 50 in Santa Clara, California. So we move off of the NFL and we now move to some basketball and in particular some Thursday basketball as the fans are hearing us. And again, full disclosure, if you're hearing the show after Thursday, you're already going to know what happens in the Thursday games that we're going over. Uh, it will be a fascinating Saturday as well in college basketball. But Kevin, let's begin with the college hoops uh, in particular on Thursday. And where do you want to begin with your first of three underdog selections that you're going for?
0: We're actually going to go uh, American Athletic Conference, your conference, T.J., with your Memphis Tigers, <laughs> even though we're not taking Memphis tonight. But uh, Cincinnati and UConn, they get together in stores, and UConn's coming off a big win over Georgetown, if it was the Big East years ago, because it was a big conference win. But obviously the two teams aren't in the same conference anymore, so just uh, a good basketball game. And UConn's played well of late. Cincinnati, while they won five of six, they're, they're looking good, uh Of late, they had that loss to Temple to start off conference play. They were a double-digit favorite and just fell behind in that game and really could never get anything going. And now they go on the road to UConn where you look back at Cincinnati and they have a couple, actually there are two American losses on the road, uh, lost by two to SMU and they lost by two the second time around to Temple in overtime. So obviously they've been very close in these games against two quality teams. Temple beat SMU last week at home to give the Mustangs their first loss of the season. So obviously, you know, the Cincinnati team has the ability to beat Connecticut and, you know, for the Huskies coming off that big win over Georgetown, you know, now, you know, you're playing a Cincinnati team that uh, is very, you know, defensive first is their mentality as opposed to Georgetown, which, you know, is more of an offensive minded team. So, you know, you look at that, and I say take the points there with the Bearcats.
1: Well, of course, a week ago on this show, I took my Memphis Tigers against Cincinnati at uh, the 5th-3rd arena, as it's known, the Shoemaker Center. And Memphis was actually trailing by 11 in the second half of the game, rallied Kevin and got the game tied only to have Cincinnati uh, hit a couple of key shots and some free throws and end up winning the game. Even though Memphis covered, Cincinnati won the game. So uh, Mick Cronin's team showed a little more offense uh, in that game. We'll see for that matchup in stores, getting uh, Cincinnati with two points on Thursday night for the matchup with UConn. What other college do you, game do you like for Three Dog Thursday purposes on Thursday night?
0: You know, you look at these two teams, you wouldn't really expect them to be the top two in their conference, but you look at a Conference USA matchup tonight between Middle Tennessee State and Marshall, that the two teams are each 6-1 and one so far. Middle Tennessee State, they were beating UAB, who we know made a, a little bit of a run last year in the NCAA tournament. They were beating UAB uh, at halftime, and UAB came out and rallied in the second half, and that was the first Conference USA game for Middle Tennessee State. They haven't lost since. They won six straight. And now they travel to Huntington to take on a Marshall team that was horrible in non conference play. And then they picked it up late in non conference play, and they've been great so far in conference USA play. But they're coming off four straight road games. And now they step up a bit against the middle Tennessee State team that, uh, you know, they're always kind of considered now this new conference USA to be like a top four team or so in this big conference. So I just think that getting them, uh, you know, based almost in a pick spot, plus one, plus one and a half. It was a good spot tonight against Marshall.
1: All right, so you'll go Blue Raiders of MTSU. Speaking of UAB, they've got a 14-game winning streak, their longest one in school history, and they're in action on Thursday night at Western Kentucky in league play in Conference USA. So there you go with a little college hoops. It is Three Dog Thursday. I will tell you that I will go into some uh, predicting of college basketball uh, in the next segment, and Kevin's going to hang with me and either support me or debunk me. We'll find that out in the next segment. So you've got one more to go, and you're going to go NBA for your third Underdog on Three Dog Thursday.
0: Yeah, we're going to look at the Milwaukee Bucks tonight. They are plus five at Memphis against the Grizzlies, and Memphis has played very well. Of late at home, they've uh, gone six and one straight up against the spread as a favorite in their last seven. But you look back at some of those games, they overcame an 18-point deficit to beat the Celtics. They also, uh, in this span, they came back to beat the Pistons at the end on that wacky Mario Chalmers shot. Also, they beat New Orleans by two. They just beat Orlando in overtime the other night. So, a lot of these games have come out of the end, and they really haven't had any substantial blowouts. Milwaukee hasn't been a great road team, but they had a nice comeback winning against Orlando a few nights ago at home when Jason Kidd returned to the bench after he was out for about a month with hip surgery. So, now he's back running the team. And, you know, Milwaukee's actually had some nice covers on the road. Uh, of late and I just look at this Memphis team as you know a bit overrated and I think that Milwaukee can hang with them tonight and getting a few baskets doesn't hurt either
1: All right so Milwaukee Bucks will get 5 points in that NBA showdown at Memphis for later on tonight so you will go with a trio of underdogs in middle tennessee cincinnati in college and then the milwaukee bucks in the nba kevin stand by we're going to come back we're going to talk some more college basketball on three dog thursday including a huge saturday slate that has uh the sec and the big 12 squaring off in many different matchups we'll do all of that as we continue it is three dog thursday we will be back stay with us Ever dreamed of a way to video chat one-on-one with famous former athletes, coaches, and other big names in the sports world? Well, now you can with a brand-new online communication service called Talk to Legends. The Talk to Legends mobile platform is available right now for free in the iOS Apple Store. And it puts you just a couple of clicks away from connecting by video to your sports heroes in a five-minute person-to-person conversation on your iPhone or iPad. Yes, it's as easy as registering and then picking a time to talk To your legend. There are hundreds of former athletes from all sports, including the NFL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, college sports, the Olympics, MMA, and more. And they're ready to talk to you in a scheduled video conversation through Talk to Legends. Talk to Legends is coming soon to Android devices too. But for now, go to the iOS Apple Store and download the app for free. Then check out the schedule and start communicating via video chat with your favorite legends. It's time for you to talk to legends.
0: Dogs are barking. Who will get it done this week? Three Dog Thursday now continues. Here again is T.J. Reeves. Cousins on the run, three on two. Isaiah, right side, Woodard, cross-court Buddy, three-pointer in the air. Bam! Buddy Buckets from downtown, and
1: Oklahoma's up 13. Oh, Buddy Heald has been fantastic to watch and to see him light up. The Big 12 in particular as of late, but they will be venturing out of conference Will the Sooners as they get ready to take on the LSU Tigers on Saturday. It is Three Dog Thursday. That from the Oklahoma radio broadcast from Learfield Sports. We're back in. T.J. Reeves with you. I've got Kevin Rogers, senior handicapper, VegasInsider.com, still hanging out. So you've gone on the record with your underdogs, all of them being Thursday night underdogs. Uh, I am going to reserve a Saturday underdog in college basketball but now I, I want your insight into which way that I'm going to go uh, this evening and, and see if I'm on the right track or you're going to try to warn me off, whatever the case is. So, Kevin, I'm going to start with Syracuse and Notre Dame in the ACC at the Carrier Dome. Love what Notre Dame was able to do in beating Duke at Duke. Very up-tempo uh, offense. I know that one of their guards is injured in this game, but they have three or four different guys that can score. Syracuse obviously got the win at Cameron uh, as well. Both of these teams, Notre Dame and Syracuse winning at Duke uh, recently in the ACC. What do you think here about uh, Irish and Syracuse? Still, It still takes some getting used to to say ACC matchup, Notre Dame and Syracuse being played at the Carrier Dome. What do you think about the Irish getting the two?
0: Yeah, definitely all this realignment, and you still think of them as Big East teams, but yet uh, obviously an ACC matchup. And you know, with Notre Dame, you mentioned Demetrius Jackson, who uh, is their their top player, who got hurt against Boston College and won't play tonight against the Orange. And you know, Notre Dame has played well on the road. You mentioned the Duke win, and uh, they've been pretty solid so far in ACC play. Uh, Syracuse—they played a bunch of road games recently, and they're back at home now. After they had that one-day delay with the Virginia game, they actually hung with Virginia. They played really well against Wake Forest and blew them out, and the winning against Duke. So for Jim Beheim's team now back at the Carrier Dome after a little bit of a hiatus there, their only home was over Boston College, who hasn't won a game yet inside the conference. And the other game they played was against North Carolina, who obviously has played extremely well so far. And they're the only undefeated team left in the ACC. But, you know, with Syracuse, now they're back at home. And they, I think people are now realizing that this team, you know, that they are, better than what we saw earlier without Jim Bayheim on the bench. That having him there is is a big difference maker. But it's hard to discount Notre Dame. It's just The big question I have with this game is how they respond without Jackson, even though he only played two minutes against Boston College. So basically they missed him in that whole game. Anyway, but now they can prepare without him. So yeah, I don't mind that taking the uh, the Fighting Irish with the
1: points there. Well, and they've still got Vasturia, who can shoot the ball. They've got Zach August in the middle. I just I like Notre Dame in this spot. They've won what five of their last six games. So uh, I'll take the Irish plus the two points on Thursday night for three dog Thursday purposes. And I like uh, another interesting game to me on Thursday evening that I will go ahead and uh, and pull the trigger on. Uh, something says to me, Illinois fighting Illini. I know they've had some struggles as of late. They've got Ohio State, who has been erratic uh, this season. Ohio State has a couple of big wins, including one over Kentucky, uh, but they also have a couple of bad losses. Ohio State is favored by one or one-and-a-half, depending on where you look. This game in Champaign, Big Ten uh, showdown. I- I'm going to go Illini. Illini. Uh, in this Big Ten game, now's your chance to warn me off because uh, I- Illinois has also struggled this season, but something just tells me we've seen teams that are even bad teams winning conference games at home, and uh, I like I like Illinois in this situation. You want to warn me off about that one?
0: Just tough. Get. For me, I hate taking the stance of I, I'm not sure, I don't really love it because of – what the Tommy made about Ohio State. I don't know which Ohio State team I'm getting. That's the problem, is that are we getting the team that beat Kentucky or the team that lost by 35 at Maryland? And I know this is an unfair argument because Maryland and Illinois are not in the same class. Right. Or Kentucky and Illinois are not in the same uh, class. So obviously, you know, we're not going to see Ohio State lose by 30 tonight at Illinois. But with the fighting Illini, they've had some injury problems this year. I feel like since John Gross has been there, he's had always injury problems or suspensions. or they've, He's never had a full past the characters to work with, I feel like. But with, with the Buckeyes, that I just don't know which team you know, you're know you getting. Right. And in basically a pick em spot here, again, a, a bad answer I'm giving you, but it wouldn't shock me either way, however this game ended. up Illinois won, not a huge upset. If Ohio State wins, okay. But just with these two teams, I feel like there's there's a faction of teams in the Big Ten when you get past Iowa and Maryland and Michigan State and Purdue – if I'm leaving anybody else out, I feel like there's about seven teams. If you threw them in a blender and you <laughs> try to pick one out, it doesn't matter. Like you right. know, like anybody can win. You know, when you get well, I and like to Ohio your point, and Illinois To
1: your point, Wisconsin defeats Indiana the other night at home, and Wisconsin played them very tough at Bloomington and lost to them by one point. But this was the rematch game; they beat them in overtime uh, the other night. And this Illinois team has a home win over Purdue uh, as well already on the Big Ten. Uh, schedule So the, they bounced back from Indiana, whacking them. Illinois did. Illinois got beat by 40 almost uh, in the previous matchup with Indiana. They bounced back on the weekend against Minnesota Saturday and beat Minnesota at Minnesota. So I'll take Illinois and that point. Against Ohio State in a Big Ten showdown on Thursday night is my second game. And Kevin, we now turn our attention to Saturday. What what a fascinating uh, situation where the SEC and the Big Twelve have collaborated along with ESPN. They're all in this together for this SEC Big Twelve challenge. Usually, they do these challenges with the conferences squaring off back in November and December, early in the season. In this case, it's the last Saturday of January. And it has got some serious matchups uh, for this weekend. First of all, give me a thought on the Big Twelve and the SEC agreeing to do this to stop conference play, and as a collective conference, both of them agreeing to play out of conference. I think this is a good thing. What's your what's your thought on Big Twelve and SEC on a full slate of games on a Saturday?
0: I agree. It's uh, definitely good for both conferences. It gives them. See, this is why it's so great. Uh, the Big Ten ACC challenge is good, but it's stuck in December when you don't really have a lot of people paying attention to college basketball. So you have a few matchups that people are paying attention to. And, you know, if it's not Duke, Indiana or North Carolina, Wisconsin or something like that, people are kind of like, oh, okay, because it's stuck with, you know, football still going on. And now you have this where there's nothing else going on, you know, and it's a perfect weekend where there's no football. And, you know, if you're not an NBA fan, then your focus is going to be on college basketball. You have some really quality matchups here. Uh, this weekend with this challenge and I always like it you know mix up a little bit to so break up the conference monotony I think it's a good thing.
1: Well and again on the slate West Virginia who's been rolling uh in the Big 12 under Bob Huggins they're going to Florida as one of the games to lead off the slate at noon Eastern time Texas A&M which had been unbeaten in the SEC they lost on Wednesday night to Arkansas A&M hosting Iowa State fresh off of that win over uh over kansas and, and iowa state now has pulled off three significant wins at home now they'll go try to get a road game uh obviously that kansas kentucky game is a huge marquee game at lawrence i'm not going to take the wildcats even though they're going to be the underdog in that game i think kentucky is playing much better but i can't go against kansas at home give me a quick thought there can't can't go against the jayhawks in this situation at home right correct
0: yeah, I mean, Kentucky just blew out Missouri. I mean, you could probably get five of us together. We could probably give Missouri a pretty good game. No, no disrespect <laughs> to Kentucky, but, uh, you know, you look at Kansas, and they've been very up and down so far in the Big 12. Uh, a couple of road losses, Oklahoma State and most recently Iowa State. I think they'll get back on track, uh, you know, really good enough for the Saturday right. game against Kentucky.
1: It's going to be a large matchup and kind of maybe an, even an NCAA tournament preview. It kind of has like a Sweet 16, Elite 8 feel. Uh, Maybe for this game, the game that I will focus on, we played the highlight earlier in this segment on three dog Thursday, Kevin, is that Oklahoma LSU game, Uh, this one again, another fascinating out of conference late January game, Oklahoma still ranked number one, even though they suffered that loss to Iowa State a week and a half ago. Uh, they have since now put a couple of conference wins together against Baylor and Texas Tech. Buddy Healed, outstanding shooter and scorer. But Ben Simmons, the athletic big man and, and LSU, I, I like them at home. They're going to be a slight underdog in this game on Saturday. Want to warn me off about LSU and the SEC Big 12 challenge at home as the, uh, as the slight underdog with Oklahoma? What do you think?
0: Well, the only problem with LSU is they're 0-6 against the spread the last six games. Now, they should have covered against Georgia a few nights ago. The problem was is that you know, Georgia didn't give up and they still hung around with making shots. Right. LSU missed free throws. And, you know, so LSU should have covered that. But, you know, for the most part, LSU's played very well in SEC play. And it's going to be that big matchup with Buddy Heald and Ben Simmons, which everyone's going to be talking about. And you look at Oklahoma, you know, they've already lost at Iowa State. And they lost to Kansas, so they don't really have a lot of marquee road wins on the resume so far. For LSU, getting in this rare underdog spot, we haven't seen them in much in SEC play. That I think it's a pretty good look. That uh, they should be pretty fired up. You know, they're they're getting a lot more recognition now at LSU. Uh, with Ben Simmons there, and uh, it'll be a tough environment to play in, and I think LSU definitely has
1: a chance to be open. No well yeah, The Def Dome, as they call it, the Maravich Assembly Center, will be rocking for that game, and we'll see how it does play out. Kevin, I always love getting the chance uh, to break this down with you, and one more time, tell us real quick about VegasInsider.com and how the fans can find out more about what you guys do with that site and with your services.
0: We have Super Bowl 50 coming up, and a lot of uh, we're going to have a lot of props coming out soon. Uh, you're going to have a lot of things to catch up on to not only just decide the, the total of this Carolina-Denver matchup, but also to try to win on the exotic props, a lot of other things people are looking for in that Sunday. So we're going to have a lot of breakdown on that coming up over the next week or so. College basketball has picked up the NBA You know, hockey's on the All-Star break now, but that'll be back next week. So there's still a lot going on, and we're getting closer to baseball in a couple months. So there's just a lot of things to keep an eye on. But obviously, Super Bowl 50 is our main priority right now. You can check us out all the time, VegasInsider.com, or also you can check out our Twitter feed at TwitBI.
1: Okay, so go those two places and find out what's going on with Vegas Insider. Good luck with your underdogs, my friend. Uh, we'll see how we both do in hoops, and we'll be talking much more Super Bowl on next week's edition of Three Dog Thursday. Kevin Rogers, thank you. You got it, DJ. Thank you. And there he goes, Kevin Rogers, with us every week on Three Dog Thursday. And again, he's got Middle Tennessee State and Cincinnati in college basketball Thursday night as his underdogs, as well as the Milwaukee Bucks in the NBA. Again, if you're listening to the show after Thursday night, then you already know whether Kevin was uh, good, great, or not so good. Same thing with me. I've got Notre Dame and uh, also the Illinois fighting a lion eye on Thursday night, and I will go with LSU and the underdog role in that upcoming matchup with Oklahoma on Saturday for the SEC Big 12 Challenge. Anxious to see what happens in all those games. West Virginia, Florida is going to be really good in Gainesville uh, in one of the early games, and obviously the Titanic-Kentucky-Kansas game that will be going on as well uh, at Fog Allen Fieldhouse. A full slate of games with the SEC and the Big 12, so we're anxious to see how those definitely do play out. All right, so there you go with our underdogs for this week. Again, Wayne Curtis not with us this week, but let me remind you, uh, patronize our sponsor there. Go and check out SmackApparel.com, one of our sponsors on Three Dog Thursday. They've got the Super Bowl shirts that are out the the Beat Denver shirt for Carolina in the Carolina black and teal, and also the Beat Carolina Denver shirt in orange. They want to party like it's 1998, the last Super Bowl win for the Denver Broncos. Go to SmackApparel.com, use the promo code THURSDAY off of this show, and you can buy one, get one 50% off at checkout by using the promo code THURSDAY, the best in in in-your-face team apparel, whether it is pro football, college football, now college basketball. Uh, The NBA Major League Baseball, check them out, smackapparel.com. They've got those Super Bowl shirts. They've got a bunch of college basketball shirts. Go get uh, your Golden State Warrior stuff if you're into the NBA. Uh, on and on down the list with smackapparel.com and remember that promo code Thursday. So that'll do it for this edition of Three Dog Thursday. Good luck to Kevin Rogers of Vegas Insider with his underdogs. I'm TJ Reeves. Reminder: follow this program on Twitter at Three Dog Thursday. You can always check out the website. ThreeDogThursday.com. Our thanks to our friends at RadioInfluence.com for housing the show. You can also hear it as well on iTunes and subscribe. We will talk to you next week, woof woof, with those underdogs on Three Dog Thursday.